Well, good morning. Great to see everyone. If you're online, we're glad you're joining with us. Let's pray as we dive in. Father, thank you for scripture this morning, and we pray that you would shoot it like a fiery arrow into our souls. Lord, you know us best. You love us the most. Come and do your work of grace in us. We're grateful that you're here. In Christ's name, amen. A few weeks ago, I was at a gas station, not one I've been to recently, and I heard this little noise in the background, and I couldn't quite figure out what it was with all the other noise going on, and so I kind of stopped and took this pregnant pause just to listen and say, what is that noise that's going on? And I listened, and I listened, and sure enough, there was like this old beat-up speaker over here, and it was playing this song in the background. And so as I stopped and really listened, I kind of got the tune in my head and I was pumping the gas and I was kind of going along and got kind of lost in the tune. Have you ever had that happen before where you're somewhere and you hear a song and you just get lost in the song that's going on behind you? Think about it. Wherever we go now, there's a song. Chick-fil-A, there's a song. CVS, there's a song. You're on hold, there's a song. You're at the uh, car repair place, there's a song in the background. You're at the gas station now, and there's a song going on the little TV screen. Everywhere we go, there's a song playing in the background. I want you to take a leap and ask yourself, what song do you hear playing in the background of your life? If you're a parent like me, maybe it's the Teletubbies song. I hope not, but it's possible I won't sing it for you. Maybe it's Barney's song. Ooh, I'm sorry if I got that song in your head now. Or the Disney. Disney made billions of dollars on this song. When you go around and around and around. Does everybody know what that is? It's a people. Come on, you know that song. They made money off of you. It's a small world, right? You hear the song playing in your head over and over and over. Maybe it's the Frozen song. Maybe it's the Paw Patrol song. Or if you're a little older, it's the theme song from Seinfeld. Law and Order. Law and Order comes on. Can't you just kind of hum along with that song? Maybe if you're younger, it's the songs from Hamilton. Yes, I heard somebody say yes. That's great. I love it. The point being this. We have these songs playing in the background all the time, and we just don't hear them, although they're playing in the background. Although they may be running through our heart and our mind, but we just kind of shush them out. But they're still playing. Maybe the song for you is a picture of something that happened in your life that was really good. Maybe the song is a picture that something that was difficult in your life. And it's still playing in the background and you can't get rid of it. Maybe it's words like this. You're beautiful. You're handsome. You're the best employee we've ever had. I can't believe you made those sales. That was great. You're such a great uh, mom. You can do everything at the house. Or maybe it's words like this. You know, you stink. You're a lot slower than most people. You're never going to get it right. Your BMI is too much. Nobody likes to be around you. I knew you'd never get it together. You're never going to be free from that little addiction. Your marriage, it's not going to see brighter days. What's the background noise in your life? There's a lot of noise right now. 
What's your noise? What's your song? If we were to take two or three minutes this morning and do a little poll, if we were to totally be quiet and do a poll, what is your song? That's where we are in Ephesians. So if you've got your Bible, open it up. If you're on your phone, wherever you are, open your Bible to Ephesians chapter 3. And that's what Paul is trying to get to us this morning. So as you're turning over, we've spent the last couple weeks in Ephesians. The first chapter is this great uh, picture saying, I have chosen you and called you by name. I have adopted you. Then Paul prays this great prayer. It rolls into Ephesians 2 that by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, we can have this new life. And then Quig talked about because of the vertical, because by grace, through faith in Christ, we are made right. Now we are called to live right with others, the horizontal. And then today he starts in chapter 3. And he starts the beginning of chapter 3. He starts with this Uh, mystery telling us in verse 6, the mystery is that Gentiles are now fellow partakers of the promise. And then after that, he goes into this kind of litany reminding people who he is. Paul Paul did that often in his letters, reminding people of kind of his resume and who he was. And then we stop at verse 14, and that's where we're going to land today. So if you're scrolling through and you're figuring out where we are, we are going to be at Ephesians 3, start at verse 14. And what's interesting in verse 14 is he starts with the phrase that we've already heard two other times. Look at, look at verse 14. For this reason. Do you recognize that? We, we encourage you to be reading Ephesians every week. So if you've been reading, you're going to say, hey, I think I know that. Turn over to chapter 1, verse 15. At the beginning of his prayer, he says, for this reason. And then he has this long prayer. And then in chapter 3, verse 1, he uses the same phrase. For this reason, I, Paul. So he's bringing real attention to what he's going to say. And then back to verse 14. So verse 14 through verse 19 is one long sentence in Paul. It's massive. If you talk that long or you write that long, Microsoft Word is going to tell you that is too long of a sentence. And I think we've got a slide. If you want to put that slide up there, we've got a slide that's going to highlight three things in this prayer. There's so much in the prayer, but there's three key focal points. Verse 16, verse 17, and verse 18 and 19. And what Paul is saying to us today What is the message that's in your life? What's the thread message? What's the background noise? What's the thing that you hear over and over and over? And it may be good. It may be bad. It may be difficult. It may be good, but if you're like me, it's good one day and the next day it's not. And Paul says, I'm offering something better, something greater than the message that you have that you hear back in the little speaker of your soul. So let's dive in. Let's dive in. Verse 14, how does he start his prayer? He says this, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father. That's how we know it's a prayer. In those days they would have stood to pray. First century Jews would have stood to pray. And Paul's saying, look, this prayer is so essential. 
I'm actually going to get on my knees. I'm going to bow before the Father. So he's saying, listen, I am making this prayer to the Father. So the first thing we want to look at is verse 16. He says, let's read verse 16. That according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power. So at the beginning of the prayer, he says, look, I'm bowing my knees and I'm granting, asking and praying that God, according to his riches and glory, that he may grant you to be strengthened with power and by his Holy Spirit. So a question to ask this morning is, what fuels your Christian life? Is it you? Is it your goodness? Is it your desire to be a holy person? Is it your desire to uh, look good on the outside? Is it a desire to try to do nice things for other people? Paul is saying, I'm asking the Father that he would strengthen you. See the difference? We're strengthening ourselves in our Christian journey. And Paul is saying, I'm praying that the Father, by the Spirit, would strengthen you with power. According to his riches and glory. So in the tapes of your life that are playing in the background, are you strengthening yourself? Are you your own fuel for your Christian life? Is that what your tape says? Because if it does, it's going to say this. You're, you're never going to get it right. You're not holy enough. You're not strong enough. You better keep it going. You better keep it going. That's what that message says. And Paul says, I pray that God in his riches and glory would strengthen you with power by the Holy Spirit. So perhaps ask the Lord this. Lord, please strengthen me by your spirit in me. That's one of the greatest prayers you can pray. Lord, I need you to strengthen me. So number one, he says this, I want you in praying that according to his riches, he would grant you to be strengthened with power through the spirit in your inner life. Perhaps we need to stop doing for God and we need to start receiving first. Paul is saying, I'm encouraging you to receive, receive the strength by the Spirit in your inner being. That's number one. Number two, verse 17. Number two of the prayers. So much in here, but number two. He says, 16, so grant you to be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. Number two, so that Christ may dwell. And the verb is may continually over and over and over dwell in your hearts through faith. Paul is praying for these Christians saying, I'm praying that the Spirit will strengthen you so that Christ may dwell in you through faith over and over and richer and richer and deeper and deeper. What does it look like for us to be in a place of receiving of the power so that Christ may dwell more and more and more and more in us? So far, the prayer is receive. God is going to do it. But it does say by faith, which is what we see in chapter 2, right? You're saved by grace through faith. So Paul says, my prayer for you 
is that you would be strengthened in your inner life by the power of the Spirit so that Christ may dwell in you over and over and over more than more than you could imagine. And then finally, and this is the crux of the prayer. Look at 18. The final part of the prayer and really the crux of the prayer. This is the part where Paul is saying, I want you to get rid of, I want to replace the background message in your life and I want to replace it with this single thing. So let's go. 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love and it's two parts, although they're really the same, but Paul's lengthy, right? That you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. And then verse 19, and to know. So he's praying that we would be strengthened again and that we would know. To know what? Yeah, look at it. Verse 18, that you would be strengthened to comprehend and to know the love of Christ. So for the last 13 minutes, what have I been talking about? Who cares, right? What Paul is saying, all these words I'm putting in here, is you would be strengthened, that Christ may dwell in you richly, that you would have power by the Holy Spirit to know and to understand this one life-changing thing, the love of God found in the person of of Jesus Christ. That is the background message that Paul is saying that we would be people and followers that know more than anything else this background message that you are loved in Jesus Christ. It's that simple and it's that life changing. So look at the outline of the prayer. I bow my knees to the Father, he says. That in his riches, he would grant you to be strengthened with the Holy Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may continually dwell in you by faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend this vast, massive love of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 18. So what does this love look like? That's the great question. What does this love look like? He says, you may strengthen the comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and the height, and the depth. He's saying the love of Jesus Christ is so massive. And my prayer is that you would know this love. After the service today, we're having a baptism at the back. And the love of God has been calling Rachel to himself and she says, look, I believe it and I want to respond in baptism. People calling me in the midst of uh, the coronavirus saying, listen, I, I realize that I've got some issues in my life that are chaining me. And the love of Jesus is calling me and I need some help. So what does this love look like? Here's what this love looks like. It's a love that was sent. For God so loved the world that he gave, that he sent his son. It's a love that was obedient even unto death. That's what the love of Christ looks like. It was a love that would touch people that nobody else would touch. That's the kind of love that Paul is saying, 
I want that to be your background message. When all the lights are off tonight and nobody's around and your pillow is there and you lay your head on it, what is that final message you hear? Paul says, I want you to know it's the love that died for you. Hey, thank you for recording. <laughs> it's a love that washed his enemies' feet. Do you wash people that are your enemies? He washed Judas Iscariot's feet. It's a love that let himself be condemned when he should have been free. It's a love that died for people that deserve to die. It was a love that took a crown of thorns instead of a crown of jewels. It was a love that turned his back and got beat up. Terrible, terrible, terrible. It was a love that was so strong, history was changed. It was a love that still calls people today. It was a love that is saying to you, I love you. Whatever your background message is, let my love for you be the loudest, the deepest, the strongest. It will change you. The love of Jesus Christ has changed people for thousands of years, and it will change you. It's a love that serves others when we don't want to serve. Do I like wearing this? Heck no. Has anybody figured out how to wear this and not have their glasses fog up? I know. Somebody told me to do that, and I bent mine, and it still doesn't work. It's a love that says, I'm going to wear this because I don't want somebody else to get sick who can get sick. This week, we're going to see my folks, and my stepdad has cancer. Do I want to social distance with them? Absolutely not. Do I want to wear a mask when I'm eating dinner with them? No. But the love song of my life is a love that says, I lay down my life for you. Now you go do the same. And so we're going to social distance them. And we're going to wear masks while we do it. It's a love that says, my life is not for me. My life is to serve another. Jesus could have said, I don't want to do that. And he said, I'm giving all of myself to serve you. You know, the kingdom of God at the end, it will have people from all tribes, all nations, all languages, all colors, all hair types, all music types that glorify him. It's a love that says, I don't care what your skin color is, what language you speak. I love you because Jesus Christ loves you. There's no place for racism because the love of Jesus Christ says, I died. I love you. Come home. This morning, what is the song that you hear playing? If it's a song of condemnation, Jesus says, I was condemned for you. 
It's of a song of performance. Jesus says, I already did it for you. If it's a song of invitation, then come home. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for this short prayer. This short prayer that's been around for 2,000 years. We're grateful that the prayer is a prayer not of getting our act together or strengthening ourselves or being a better person. We're grateful that this prayer is a prayer to receive, to be strengthened by you. And so we ask. I invite you this morning, if you need to ask, then ask the prayer. Jesus, help me to know your love. Help me to know your love, risen Jesus. Replace that old song and blast loud into our life. The love of the cross and the empty tomb. In Christ's name, amen.